You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? It's your girl, Kay Edwards, here at 100 Bogart Street, coming to you live from Radio Free Brooklyn. I hope everybody's having a wonderful Sunday. And I just want to say happy March. It is March 1st already. But before we get into the show, let me do my housekeeping. Oh, excuse me, this microphone keeps falling. Sorry, guys. This mic keeps falling. Okay, I think I got it. I think I got it. No more static. Sorry for all that static. Radio Free Brooklyn, we're having our Drive to Five fundraising campaign, and it's underway. In May, Radio Free Brooklyn turns five years old, and we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing you commercial-free 
independent radio for another five years. And we're only about 30% there. So we have a long way to go and just a couple of months left. So if you'd like to make a small donation, you can do it at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. We have the donate button. You can go to my show and you can click the donate button there as well. And they also have a way now. Okay. If you'd like to make small monthly donations to help us reach our gold, they also have a way now that you can text the donation in, you text to R-F-B-G-I-V-E and the number five after that. You text that to 44321. And you can make your pledge right from your phone. That's cool. They also have great gifts for giving. They also have great gifts that they are giving away on the website. T-shirts and things of that nature. But if you can't afford to give right now, you could call us at 718-673-8201 and leave us a message. Tell us how much you like to hear everything that's being broadcast over the radio or just to wish us a happy birthday. But my number, if you want to talk to me this morning, is 718-928-9732. Okay, so now that we've gotten that all out the way, let's get the show started. I'm excited. Like I said, it's March 1st. I can't believe the year is flying by, but we knew it was going to because time waits for no one. But I want to start with current events. And, you know, whenever there's a lot going on in the news, you know, I always like to start off the show with that to see if everybody is in tune with things like I'm in tuned. You know, if we're paying attention to what's really happening. Of course, you know, the number one thing on everyone's mind is this coronavirus. And now I know people, I don't want people to panic because when you panic, you don't think clearly. But I do want people to pay attention to what's actually going on. Now they're saying that um, the virus takes on the form like the flu. And it just means that we have to be Diligent and follow proper hygiene. What would you normally do in flu season? Flu and cold season, we know we have to keep our hands out of our face whenever we're touching things in public. Keep our hands away from our face. Wash our hands constantly and not just a quick rinse over with water. Soap, water, three minutes, wash your hands back and front to make sure you're getting all the germs off. That's the best way to make sure that your hands are clean. If you're not always able to get to soap and water, then they're saying use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. But we all know these things, and if we just put them into practice more, I'm sure it wouldn't spread as quickly as it's been spreading. So far here in the United States, they only have, from the last count that I heard, 60, but they know 48 of those, they brought them off of that cruise ship. So they had them quarantined and contained. The last thing we need is for someone to come, have that, get on train, and then pass it around to everyone else. So if you don't feel well, go to the doctor, get yourself checked out. It might just be a common cold. It might just be your allergies. It might just be the flu. Go to the doctor and let them tell you, don't worry about it. It's nothing. 
rather than sit home and be like, oh, I know what it is. Let me take care of it myself. And it's something else. And then you're around other people and you're spreading it. So number one thing to remember, wash your hands. Every time you're out in the street, as soon as you get into your house, wash your hands. Wipe off anything in your house that you might have touched if you came in before you got to wash your hands. You know, all that stuff. Just keep your family safe. Keep yourself safe. And until we can hear more about what's going on with this virus, let's just be diligent with ourselves and just take the proper precautions that we have to do in order to stay healthy. Because we know there's always going to be some type of virus, some type of illness, some type of something floating around in the air. Right. But the people of God, we know that these things are going to exist, but we don't have to worry about it per se. But we still have to take the proper precautions to protect ourselves, just as anyone does. Anyone needs to just take the proper precautions to protect themselves, just to be safe, just to be healthy. Make sure you're washing your hands. Now, on from that. The next thing that's, in, that's been in the news that's kind of troubling, and I see it when I'm driving, I see it as well. The speeding. This week alone, there were six fatalities of people that were struck by cars. Two of them were children. Two of them right here in Brooklyn were children. They were on their way to school, and they were struck down by people driving cars. People slow down. If you're in your car, first of all, the speed limit now, because of so many of the other fatalities that we've had from years back, a couple of years back, they reduced the speed limit to 25 miles per hour. So that right there, if you're going more than 25, you're already breaking the law. But now to have someone, one one of the kids was hit in the crosswalk as she was crossing the street. The car was turning. So if you're a turning car, do you not look to see if there's pedestrians crossing first? Or do you just try to beat whoever you think is going to cross the street and just turn? I'm like, if you're already in your car, you're already saving yourself time in travel because you're not waiting on the bus or the train. What is the rush? Pay attention. And the woman that hit the the girl in the crosswalk, I believe, or was it the young boy and her his mother, because one of them was run, it was the child and the mother got hit by the car. They were both taken to the hospital, but the child didn't make it. Well, of course, because the child is smaller, so getting hit by a car is going to have more of an impact on his smaller body than on his mother's. But she was driving with a suspended license, just reckless. If you're going to be reckless, be reckless with yourself. Don't be reckless with everybody else's life. Slow down, people. And if you have to speed or if you feel you have, you just need to leave earlier. How about that? How about leaving a little earlier, not the last minute and hopping in your car and figuring you're going to make up time because you're going to do 60 in a 25-mile-an-hour zone? I mean, let's just use common sense here. And then you're running people over and you're running over children? Not cool. So those are the two things that's been in the news that every time I turn on, you know, the TV and I I listen to what's going on in the news, those are the two things that's been 
that they were always talking about. Every day, it's like someone got hit by a car. Somebody got hit by a car. And in a school zone, you're supposed to be doing 15, not even 25. So you should have been going slower than that. So if you were in a school zone and now they have, before it used to just be the yellow signs. You see the crossing and you see the children. Now they have it painted on the street, school zone. I mean, as soon as you get on the block, you see the street is covered with the white letters. What are you doing that you're not paying attention to what's going on? And I hope you're not texting. I really hope that's not the issue because, you know, that's already been you shouldn't be doing that in your car. So now you're texting and you're running people over in the street because you want to flip through Instagram. Really? Enough about that. But those are the two things that were really pressing on me that took place this week that I was like. So many of these things with the Corona, you, you, it's just a thing of being diligent, but with the people being hit by a car. That's just people not paying attention. And I know, don't get me wrong, I drive. There are people that as you're driving, they will just walk in the street. I get it. Some pedestrians just will walk in the street because, once again, they're on their phones, not paying attention. But it all boils down to, on either side, pay attention. Whether you're the pedestrian or the driver, pay attention. So enough about that. I've ranted and raved about that long enough. So now, last week, we started our conversation about living in post-civil rights America. And I said I was going to continue it this week because there was just some things. We had the foundation laid last week, so we have a clear understanding of what was happening. And now this week, I'm just going to tie it all up. And see if we could come to some type of complete understanding. Because I still myself don't know if there is a complete understanding. Because it's it's just so many different parts to it. But you have to start from one. You have to start from someplace. So this week I said I was just going to wrap things up and, you know, talk a little bit more about it. So like I said last week, we started our conversation about race here in America and what I believe to be the origins of racism against African-Americans and now against other people of color. We spoke about how systemically the odds were stacked against African-Americans. Some examples of that was the infiltration of drugs and guns into the neighborhoods that was allowed to just grow and grow. They were just so so accessible to get guns and drugs. And it did exactly what they intended it to do. They intended it to be put out there for people to destroy themselves. And it has taken a toll. It's taken a toll on the African-American community, people taking drugs, because as it was, life was hard to cope with. So everyone's always looking for a way of escape. And a lot of these things that I'm saying, it doesn't only pertain to African-Americans. When I say it, I say African-Americans because just like when Jesus came, he came to the Jews. But at the end of the day, he ended up giving that everyone can benefit. And it's the same like with this. I'm coming to those who I can speak on 
because I've walked in their shoes in one way or, an, or another. I haven't walked in other cultures' shoes, so I can't say what their issue is per se. But when I'm when you remove the issue from just putting it as a people of color, people in general suffer from these same things that I'm about to talk about. Because when life is hard, it doesn't matter what color, culture, race that you belong to, life is hard. And you could either deal with it or you can't. But it all depends on how you approach the situation. So when you hear me say African-Americans, I don't want anybody who's not African-American to tune out and say, well, oh, she's not talking to me. Because I'm sure some of the things that I'm touching upon, it's touched your family as well. I'm sure you have people in your family that might have been um, affected by the same things that I'm discussing. But I say African-Americans because that's what I started off with last week. Because with it being Black History Month, the last the last day of Black History Month last week. Well, for me, because it was my last Sunday, because it ended actually yesterday. But that's who, that's why I say that. And then I went through the whole slavery and things of that nature. But coming to now what we're talking about today, it doesn't just pertain to African-Americans. It pertains to people in general. Just people getting their lives in order. So with that, we go back to the drugs and the guns in the neighborhood that we know people, when you're having a hard time, you're going to look for a way of escape. And usually it's either drugs or alcohol. That's the first thing that people want to run to, usually to ease whatever pain they're going through. But we know that that's not a solution because in most cases, it just makes the problem worse. The more you drink to feel better, the more you become dependent upon drinking, which creates another problem for you. The more you take drugs to feel better, the more dependent you become upon drugs, which just creates another problem for you. So now not only did you have the problems that you started out with, that you started taking the drugs and alcohol for, now you have the drugs and alcohol as a problem. Like you really needed more problems on top of yourself. But I understand some people, that makes them feel better. And I'm not saying you can't drink. I mean, it's legal. Social drinking, I'm sure people do it. It's fine. But if you know you have a problem or if you know that problem exists within your family, then you shouldn't pick up a drink. And you know. You know growing up if alcohol was an issue in your family because addiction is um, genetic. We all know that people have that gene within them to be addictive to something. Not everyone, but for those who have problems, you're not the first in your family that had a problem with that issue. You might not have seen it. They might have sheltered you from it. But there was some type of addiction someplace in your family lineage that that's why you're like that today. So if you know that there's an there's a possibility that you can become addictive to something. It could be food. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be sex. It could be whatever. You know you have to be even more diligent to stay away from those things or at least to control your urge to want to continue to do that. And that's how you can tell 
if you pay attention to yourself. If you know that you have this urge that you constantly have a need to do whatever it is, that's something you need to, to check. You need to look at it and explore, why is it that I always want to do this? Or, you know, why is it when I do this, it makes me feel like this? Those things you need to, to really take, a, take into consideration, understand what's going on with yourself to try and get it in control. And that's what we were talking about with this journey that we're taking. We know we have our goals that we set ahead for ourselves. But even in this journey with the goals that we set, it's also a learning of ourselves. It's a lot of inner thought that you need to be doing in order to keep making these moves to go further. Because like I said last week, if you don't know where you are, how can you know where you're going? And when I say know where you are, it's not always a specific location, but know where you are within yourself. Like if you know you never understood math in school and didn't take the extra courses that you need, you can't be a rocket science, a scientist. Not saying that you could never be a rocket scientist, because I'm sure if you went back to school and studied years and years and took your time and got a tutor if you didn't understand math and you had someone helping you and teaching you and showing you and starting from the basics, and it might take you another 20 years. But who's to say you couldn't become a rocket scientist? But with that, it still takes the work. You still have to put in the effort. So that's where it really all boils down to. Are you willing to put in the work? And that's where a lot of people get stuck. They want, they want the end result but they don't want to put in the work to get there. And that's when we come up with these get rich quick, like, okay, we're going to sell drugs. That's quick. You know, let me just sell drugs. I make fast money. But do you really make fast money? I mean, if you're the one on the corner slinging the drugs, you got to watch out for the cops. You got to watch out for other people trying to knock you over the head to take your drugs. You got to watch out for people trying to beat you, not giving you the amount of money you're supposed to get when you're selling them the drugs. I mean, that here we go, bringing on another set of problems on yourself. So when we're doing this journey and we're doing this inner evaluation and we're understanding parts of ourselves that we never really took the time to pay attention to and to really explore, that's what this journey is about. Not just making the goals and getting to the end result. It's the actual Putting into motion, learning about yourself, learning how what you do affects every other part of what you want to do. And then by the time you're to the end of the journey, not only have you gotten to your goals, but you totally understand who you are as an individual. And that's what we really want to do. We want to have a clearer understanding of who we are as individuals rather than just move through life and not even know who we are. And that's another thing. You can't understand how someone else is if you don't know how you are. You can't understand why someone might react a certain way if you don't know how you would react when it comes to that same situation. Because you could always use yourself as a gauge. 
Like when you think about things and not saying that your gauge is right, but at least it gives you a starting point. You always have to have a starting point in order to assess what's going on when you're moving. You have to have a start. Everything starts from somewhere. Even with numbers, everything has a starting point. Nothing is just there. Everything starts from someplace. And that's what we have to do. Once you understand who you are and where your starting point is, what your level of comfort is when it comes to certain situations, then it makes it easier for you to understand someone else's level, even though it may not be where your level is, but you can understand. And even though you might not agree with it, you can still understand, you know what, that's their starting point. And if that's their starting point, what can you do about it? It just lets you know, okay, well, if their starting point is lower than yours, then okay, that means I have to take more time because they're not going to get what I'm saying to them because they're not even going to understand where it is that I'm coming from and vice versa. So we have that. And we also have just being in people looking for easy ways out. You can't always look for the easy way out, although we always want to. Because trust me, even there's been situations with myself that if I could have found the easy way out of something, I would have taken it. Why not? We're human. We want the easy way out. We don't want to have to work hard to attain everything. But some things you are going to put in, a, you're going to have to put in a little bit more effort. But what I've noticed is if you start out now, like with our journey, the effort that we're putting in every day, although we labeled it the five-year journey, you figure we're starting now. So we have four years ahead of us. If we were to start this five-year journey in year four, of course, it would have been more work. That would have to be done if everything were due in the five-year period. It would be more work if we were starting in year four. But if now we're starting in year one, you're building it up gradually. So as the time goes on, little by little by little, you're building it up. And it's making it a lot easier. So rather than looking for the easy way out, it just becomes a natural part of your progression because you're just flowing with it. It's not something that's forced upon you that you have to feel, oh, now I have a deadline. Now I have to do it. I procrastinated all this time. Now I got to make up for the time. No, you're taking your time. You're getting to know yourself. You're doing it at a pace that makes it comfortable for you because you're not trying to prove anything to anybody. This is your pace. This is what you set for yourself. So as you move through your journey, You're moving through in a pace that's comfortable for you and your learning and your understanding and your progression. So that's why it's all an individual thing. And that's when it comes to also with what we what we look at in general, like we can look at ourselves as individuals, but we are still part of a greater community. So what we do does affect others. And I think a lot of the attitude that we have. This is just all about me. I'm just worried about me. I'm just taking care of me. I don't care what happens to the next one. But when we all have that attitude, it does all affect 
the next ones. Because if when if no one's thinking about what they do and how it affects everyone else, then we just have a whole bunch of chaos, which is what we see is happening right now. It's a whole bunch of chaos. Everybody has their own agendas. Everybody wants to put their own ideas forth. It's like, okay, it's my time now. You had your time before. If you didn't take advantage of it, too bad for you. But that's not exactly what it is. That's what our mindset is telling us, but that's not what it is. Because at the end of the day, if we're all scrambling around and everybody's just moving chaotically, nothing's getting accomplished. But time is still moving forward and things are still are still happening. Like we're not stopping anything happening in in politics. We're just if we're just running around thinking about what's happening in our everyday lives and just worried about what's going on with us as individuals. But yet things in there's still going to be an election year. You still have to pay attention to who are you going to vote for? And that's another thing, too. You can't sit back and say, oh, well, I'm not going to vote because I don't like anybody up there. You might not like, and it's not about a like per se, because sometimes when you need to get something done, you might not like anything that you have to do in order to get the job done. If we all went by just what we liked, I don't think we'd get anything accomplished because everybody doesn't like the same things. But when it comes to picking candidates, you have to look at the one, not that's just going to fulfill your agenda. Well, I want to be able to wear blue socks every day to work. So I want my candidate to say that's going to be a law and everybody has to follow it. No. You want to wear blue socks? Wear your blue socks. That don't mean everybody has to wear the blue socks unless the blue socks affects everything that's going on. See, that's the difference. When you go for the agendas that you want to push forward, you can't just look at what makes it best for you. You have to look at what makes it best for you and everyone else involved. And with these candidates that I've been listening to, and I'm not saying which way anyone should vote, but when you just listen to the issues that they're putting forth, I mean, how is, I'm not sure if any of them truly understands where we're at today. That's just my own personal opinion. I don't think anyone really, they all have where, if they had their five-year plan, where they would like to be. They're all talking about where they would like to be, but how do they plan to get there? And yet the, the end goal sounds really great. It sounds great for everyone, but in the journey, it might not be so great for everyone, but I don't see, at least for me, maybe I've missed a couple of commercials or I've missed a couple of sound bites someplace, but I don't see anyone that has a roadmap that says what it is and how they're going to get there. And with that, we have to really think, okay, what is it that we what is it that we really want for our country? I mean, when you think about it, we are a melting pot. We are all different ethnicities, cultures, religions, and everyone has their own I want this, I want that. But as a country, 
And I think that's where we get all this division from, because as a country, do we even really know what we want as a country? Like when you look at other people, you look at Asia, you look at Korea, you look at Russia, Germany, Italy. They basically, the people know what they want. So when something happens and it's against what they want, everybody is in the street at one time. It's not just, oh, black people, black lives matter, or um, Muslim people are marching, oh, because they're now, um, they're discriminating against us, or it's not Jewish people, oh, look at anti-Semitism that's happening. No, it's not just individual groups that when something happens to them, they take to the streets. When things happen in these other countries, when I say everyone comes out against the government, everyone comes out against the government. That's because all the people are unified in what they want for their country. And because we're not at that place, that's how everybody has their own personal agendas. The, the politicians that are in office, they have the agendas for their little sect of people that they're they are representing, whereas it shouldn't just be your little sect of people. Yeah, you you have your people that voted you in because you made certain promises to them of what you were going to do for them. But when you think about it overall, what you wanted to do for them, is that really the best for the people maybe 10 blocks down? How is that going to affect them? Does it take everyone into consideration or just that small little group that that you were um, talking to. And I think that's what a lot of here in America, because we don't have any type of unity and everybody has their own personal agendas, that's what makes it so hard for whomever gets voted into office, they're doing what they need to do for their particular group of people instead of looking at it as, this is what I'm going to do for everyone so that everyone can benefit. And I know that sounds like, oh, that's impossible. Everybody can. No, but there are things, there are certain things that regardless of what we may want personally, we all want collectively. That, that's just a given. Just being human, you can put your personal preferences aside and there are just certain things that should be done that as a whole, we should all benefit from. And that's what we should be looking for in the candidate, that everyone collectively is going to benefit from this, not just special interests, not just businesses, not just 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 the own the little groups that just have their own little agendas going on. That's the one thing we need to start working towards, and that's the one thing that we need to start. If we don't have it now, we need to start looking towards working towards that. And that's the only way. And like, I'm really, I'm really, um, I really want to see come November where all this is going to go. I'm really like, I just really want to see because I think there's so much division 
there's so much division between the parties anyway. And I think both sides, both parties have gotten away from what their original agenda was in the beginning when they were put together that I don't even think they understand what they stand for because they both sides have just drifted away from what their core value was that I don't think either side even even knows how to reel it back in because what, like they say, that horse has left the barn already. So it's it's a lot, but it doesn't have to be a lot. It seems like a lot when we think about it, but it doesn't have to because if we as individuals do our part, that just makes it simpler. It only becomes a lot when we add to the problem rather than become part of the solution. So a lot of it is you have to be registered to vote. You can't stand up and argue that you don't like what's happening if you didn't take a stand to actually pay attention to who's speaking, what they're talking about, the issues that they're presenting, and vote them into office. Or don't vote for them. Either way, you have to cast a vote one way or another. See, it's, it's back to those choice. It's back to us having to make a choice about something. You can't just sit on the sideline and say, okay, whatever happens, happens. But then when it happens, you complain because you're not happy about it. Can't do that. You have to pay attention one way or another and then cast your vote. And it starts not just in the general elections. We always think that when November comes around, when we're voting for a president, that's the big election. No. In your community, when you're voting for your council people, your assembly people, that's the people that really impact what's happening in your life. I mean, yeah, the president, he impacts what's happening to the whole country overall. But when you think about your council people and your assembly people that are up in Albany and not the ones that are in Albany and then the ones that are just right there in your local borough, they're the ones that's making the decisions that impact you every day. And I bet some of us don't even know who our council people or our assembly people are. Because when they're on that ballot, we're not even really paying them any attention. And those are the people that we really need to see what's their agenda. Because, yeah, I know the president's agenda. Okay, he's doing it. It's affecting people. But the council person, what they're doing is affecting what happens to me every day. If they, if they decide to put up a stop sign and take down the traffic light, that's going to impact me. Not what President Trump is doing with the border wall. That's overall impacting me because I hear about it. But that stop sign and that traffic light, that impacts me in my everyday living, in the way I move in my neighborhood. So those are the people that you need to really pay attention to when it comes to making the decisions and, and passing laws and getting things um, done in your community. Those are the people that you really need to hold accountable. Those are the people that when they're out and they're campaigning and they're standing at the train station at your local stop and they're giving out their flyers and they're talking about vote for me, who are you and why should I vote for you? Why should I allow you to sit in that seat again? What have you done? What are you doing? I don't like the fact that my trash isn't picked up three times a week. Now, they impact things like that. 
They're the ones that can take it to sanitation and say, okay, my neighborhood is affected by you not picking up trash three times a week. We now have a rodent problem. Those are the people that get those things changed. It's not the federal government that gets that changed for you. It's your local assemblymen and councilwomen. Those are the people that when you're really looking to understand what's going on, they're the ones that you need to hold accountable. They're the ones whose record you really need to be checking because those are the ones who impact your everyday life. So when you start on that level and you understand what it is that they do and why they're sitting there and when they're going to Albany and they're having their own little meetings, what are they really voting on? Are they telling you they're voting for this? But when they get there, oh, their buddy said, oh, side with me. And then the next time you have an agenda, I'll side with you. Are they doing that behind closed doors that we don't know about? And then we're wondering, well, I thought we were going to get sanitation three days a week. It's still the same. The rodent problem is now increasing. Those are the things we have to pay attention to. And that's how we effect change in our lives and in our communities. That's how we can collectively come together and make a change instead of making it about our own personal agendas because garbage affects everyone. Rodents affect everyone. And I just heard, that was another thing I heard in the news, Prospect Heights now has this rodent problem that they said the, the rats are running around in the street in broad daylight. They're just running around in the street. Where have you known, other than being on the docks and stuff, that rats are just running rampant? And it's not a commercial area, and it's not like restaurants and stuff. Because, of course, when you go around restaurants, you expect rats to be around there because there's always a lot of food and garbage. But if you're in a residential neighborhood and rats are just running around in the street in the daytime, like raccoons, not good. But those are the things that when you know who your assembly person is or your council person is, they're the ones that their phone should be ringing off the hook with complaints. So with all that, I know I said a lot. And I know I was talking about a lot of different things. But it all boiled down to getting to know you, getting to understand what issues you want to stand for and not stand for. And you have to understand the issue completely. When you understand the issue completely, then you can make an assessment of what should be what and what should be happening, not just your own personal feelings. And I know it's a lot. Like I said, I know it's a lot. Well, to me, it's a lot. And, you know, because my spirit carries a lot. <laughs> so, but I, I, but when I get heavy in my spirit, that's when I have to break it down to the little pieces. And that's how I can deal with it. And that's how I bring it to you guys. After I break it down to the little pieces, then that's how I can give it to you. So it's just like, okay, like we always hear the crabs in the barrel syndrome that, Oh, when someone wants to do good, everybody, you know, you always have those who want to bring you down. And I know that's always been a saying in the African-American community. 
crabs in a barrel. They don't want to see you get ahead. As soon as you do something good, somebody's going to beat it and knock you down, blah, 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 blah. But I said to myself when I thought about it, and it came to me, everyone always wants to look at the crabs in the barrel that when the crab is trying to get out, the other ones are grabbing on to pull that one back in. But I was looking at it as, why didn't they look at it as the one that was getting out, everyone else was trying to latch on to that crab so that they too could get out of the barrel? I mean, like we said, flip the coin. There's always the positive and the negative. Why do we always just harp on the negative? And if it were that the one that was trying to get out of the barrel and the other ones were trying to latch on to him to get out as well, but because there were so many that needed so much and wanted to get out so bad, it pulled that one back down. That's something to think about. It's like the glass full, half full, half empty. To someone who has a positive outlook, they're going to see the glass as as half full, meaning, oh, I have room to put more in it. The person that has the negative thoughts is going to see the glass half empty, like, oh, I only got half a glass. But I want everyone, if you start thinking about it in that, in that way, like with the crabs, I wonder if really the crabs in the barrel were really trying to get out with the other crab and not really hold the initial crab from getting out. And also, this just came to me. When we talk about just with working and people doing things and following through, I had a conversation with someone this past weekend about minimum wage and the jobs that offer minimum wage. And they were making a point that Minimum wage needs to be higher than what they even raised it to because no one can make a living living off this, what they're, you know, what minimum wage is. And how come people, people should be able to support their families and live in decent housing, making minimum wage. And when I thought about it, I remember minimum wage jobs being jobs that people used to take when we were in high school that we took to get us prepared to go into the work environment. The minimum wage jobs were never jobs that we were looking to take to sustain us for the rest of our lives and support a family on. They were just jobs that, okay, you're coming out of school, you don't know anything about the workforce, you're going to go work in a minimum wage job be it at Burger King, McDonald's, waitress someplace, Dairy Queen, wherever, Chili's, any little place, Applebee's, you're going to work there because you're going to learn what it is to get up on time, to follow directions, to be able to be responsible, to learn how to interact with the public, how you're supposed to carry yourself, be neat, be clean, be respectful. Those are the things that you learned. And then you went on to do after you got out of college, or even if you didn't get go to college, if you went to a trade school, whatever 
whatever um, career you chose for yourself, you then knew how to operate in that career. Because no matter what career you choose, whether you're a mechanic or you're a doctor, you still have to know how to be to work on time. You got to know how to talk to people respectfully. You got to know how to articulate so that they understand what it is that you're trying to explain to them. When you want to get their job done because you're there to provide a service to someone, those were what minimum wage jobs were. And this person was telling me, I don't think that it's fair that people can't support their families with being, you know, working minimum wage jobs. But what we have to remember with our society becoming so technical that the jobs that back in the day when all you needed to know was multiplication, division, subtraction, and addition to get a job, for those simple jobs right now today, you still, now you need to know trigonometry, calculus, algebra. The basic math, yesterday's basic math, is totally different from today's basic math. Because even if you want to be an executive assistant, you still have to know how to operate the computer and do Word, Excel, PowerPoint. Those are softwares that you have to know how to navigate through in the computer system. It's not like before where you just got a typewriter and you had a pen and a pad and you were taking shorthand and then you went and you typed it out and you did your report and handed it to the boss. No. Now you're sitting at a computer. You're doing the same basic things, but you're doing it on the computer. But that still takes a level of skill that you have to have in order to have that basic job. So a lot of the basic jobs that people are looking for, they're still there, but they're no longer the basic that you thought they were. Now the basic is a different level, and you have to know where that level starts. You see, here we are back again to what's the starting point? Where are you starting from? You can't go into something basic and think of it as being basic 20 years ago because it's not the same. It is the same function. Yes, secretary, executive assistant. Change the name. Yeah, you still do the same functions. but. That secretary, like I said, was typing on a typewriter, taking shorthand, making copies, things of that nature. This one now, she's she's making copies or she's still typing up things, but she's doing it in a spreadsheet. She's doing it in a software on a computer. She's making PowerPoints, where she really doesn't have to make copies anymore because she's not handing out paper to show everybody what the report is about. You're doing it on a PowerPoint because they're doing it on a slide. They're doing it on a, on a screen where everybody's looking at it. It's not the same paper that they're using anymore. You're not looking at these things on a screen. So you have to know how to navigate through that world. And it all begins again with your starting point. And once you understand the starting point where you're at, then you can progress to where you need to be. And with that, I see it as 8.52. And I've talked and talked and talked and talked. (laughs) But I hope that we all got something out of this to where 
We understand how the world has changed and how we have to change with it. And it all starts with understanding and knowing your starting point. Once you know your starting point, then you can progress to any direction you want to go. But you got to know where you are in order to know where you're going. So since this is March 1st and you know we have to have our new word of the month because that's still is all this that I'm talking about is not stopping our five-year program. We still have our own five-year journey that we're on. We're just adding little tidbits in between to carry with us. So with this being March 1st, I think the word that's appropriate is diligent. And diligent is having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's work or duties. So that even goes back to tying in when I was talking about knowing your inside, knowing who you are in order to be able to relate to others and even relate to yourself as to where you want to go and what you want to do. So the word for the month is diligent. We started out with intention, intentional, which was January. February, we had discipline. And now we have diligent. And I hope everyone is keeping up with their gratitude jars and um, everything that that we're doing with the gratitude. I hope you are putting in what you've accomplished and what you're thankful for. And I hope everyone is just keeping up with what they have to do for themselves on a daily basis. Just, you know, don't lose focus. You might get a little distracted, but don't let the distractions take you off your course. They might for a minute, but then, you know, reel yourself back in and keep on what it is that you wanted to do and what you wanted to accomplish. And with that, I'm going to leave us until next week. And I want everybody to have a blessed Sunday. Have a blessed week. Be safe. Wash your hands. (laughs) And just love one another. Peace, everyone. pray for blessings we pray for peace comfort for family protection while we sleep we pray for healing for prosperity we pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering and all the while you hear each spoken need yet love is way too much to give us lesser things cause what if your blessings come through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears what if a thousand sleep Try